Have you enjoyed listening to travel and shit? Well, then consider becoming a subscriber. Beginning December 1st, you can support the work I've been doing to get you an episode each week and get exclusive access to all episodes one week early. Beginning December 1st, exclusive early access will be given to subscribers. I'd love to give you first listen. Consider supporting the show and becoming a subscriber. For more info, go to travelandshitpodcast.com slash subscribe. I made it around the world And came back with stories to tell Different places to call home Now I'm never on my own Dietations to my people hitting foreign nations Food, traveling, shit, moving to live Life in the sky, stories to give The ones who make it there and can make it back Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. This week, I am going to try something um, new. I'm quite excited about it. I am not sure exactly where this will go, but I have a few ideas and, um, this is the, the tester episode, I guess you can say. So I wanted to start a guess, um, I guess a show inside the show, if that makes sense, a little, um, fun research project for myself weird things about places that I've been every once in a while, I will find out something about a destination after I get there and kind of have that dang, I wish I'd have known that maybe I'd have made it a point to try to, um, go visit the landmark or further investigate said rumor or strange history. Um, so I am going to start with Toronto. I think I ended up starting with Toronto because it, was it one of the last, well, first of all, it was one of the last trips and it was also named one of Google's top destinations of 2022. I think I've been to three. Oh, wait, I took a screenshot because I knew this was going to come up. Uh, let's see. Yes. So thank you, Travel Noir, for uh, posting this article earlier today and Google's top 10 destinations. Yeah. Oh, one, two, three. Well, I've been to three, London, Toronto, Rome, I've been, and that's in terms of cities. So I've been to three of the cities and I've been to one, two, three, four, technically five of the countries, UK, France, Canada, Italy, and I actually live in New York. New York, New York is one of the, um, is the number 10 of the top 10 Google destinations. I kind of feel like that might be like a forever thing just because city that never sleeps right anywho let's jump right into it 
Weird things about places that I've been, Toronto edition. First of all, I actually knew about this, but didn't think about it because it's of no consequence to me, right? Apparently, back in 2013, the mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford, got caught on camera smoking crack. So, I will include the links to all of my sources in the description box. Also, caveat, basic Google search. Google search. I am not doing dissertations. I'm not, um, what can we say? Como se dice? I'm not doing, I'm not, a, I'm, this isn't like a journalism project, right? I'm Googling. I am going to the Googles, finding interesting information and sharing it so that you may hopefully be inspired by something and want to visit a destination outside of what, you know, I generally pop up every week and tell you guys about my trips. This is a combination of Google and my personal experience. So I feel like that makes it a little bit more fun because I've not done all the things Google has done, but in a lot of cases I'm realizing, oh shit, I was actually there. Or, oh shit, I know where that is. We actually went there, all that jazz. So back to um, Mayor Rob. So he was the mayor from 2010 and I feel like he had a four or five year run, give or take. The reports of the video first arose in 2013. Apparently he was with a friend of his, Elena Basso, who for the record was previously convicted of drug trafficking. He um, initially denied it and he denied smoking crack. He didn't necessarily deny that there was a video. One of his, um, I'm not even going to pull that up. Can I? Let me see if I can pull up. Was it in this one? He, only because it was kind of funny to me, the way he worded it. Like he didn't say initially that he didn't do it. It was basically a, but can you prove it, right? That was so sloppy to me. Let me see if it's... Um... Okay, that's... Okay, so my man said, oh, I hate when like all the ads start ad, uh, populating and updating after you get to the website and it throws off your location. So my man said, as for a video, I cannot comment on a video that I have never seen or does not exist. Like if you want to deny something, like, deny it with your whole chest like I feel like he basically knew that the shit was probably gonna leak but a video because I've not seen it if you're just say you didn't do it and hope that the shit never comes out so he denied it in that very undenial denying of it and they apparently left it to the police to investigate months later of course, the video surfaces. Um, he then apologizes and then he follows up with, yes, he said to a reporter who asked if he had smoked crack cocaine. Uh, crack cocaine. He continued, but 
No. Do I? Am I an addict? <laughs> no. Have I tried it? Um, probably in one of my drunken stupors, probably approximately about a year ago. Okay. Um, there, the video's there. I didn't watch it. I personally, um, I don't want to see that. Um, I'm good on watching people use drugs. Sensitive topic. I don't like seeing it. Don't enjoy seeing it in movies because for me, it's, uh, triggered. Um, good on that. So if you would like, it's there. I'm certain you could just Google that and figure it out. I mean, well, and find it if that's what your uh, bag is. I am also not a fan of watching like police brutality videos. Don't want to see it. I've seen enough. Again, the, I'm not a very, um, I'm not one of those people that can consume gratuitous violence. I don't like it. I also, um, I think it was probably late twenties where I guess it was just a shift. I used to be able to sit through UFC fights. All the blood didn't bother me. When I know that it's real people and not CGI or really talented and incredible makeup artists and, you know, whole teams of people putting together the illusion of violence and the choreography of fight scenes and all that jazz. Um, so fake violence, I'm cool with real violence. I'm not here for, I do not like seeing it. So I don't watch videos of police brutality. I don't watch videos of people doing drugs. I don't watch, um, fight videos. I rarely like to watch those also just because I, I don't want to see people getting hurt call me sensitive. It's just not my thing. Um, but my man refused to resign. He instead checked himself into rehab. He was there for about two months and he was never fucking charged. That's the wildest thing to me. If you charge your civilians for possession of controlled substances, which I don't know, cause I didn't Google that part, but that's wild to me. That's wild to me that he, I get, no, it's not wild because legally a video of him doing it versus actually catching him in the act is a different story. Um, I guess in turn, like, it's not something like murder. Whereas if you see someone on video committing that type of a crime, um, because honestly, if they were unable to equivocally prove that the substance in the pipe was crack, then they can't necessarily charge him for it, right? So I think it's just the nature of the crime. So I guess in theory, it does make sense that they would not have charged him. Um, I'm just surprised that he was allowed to not resign. I'm very surprised that that wouldn't have been something uh, impeachable. Like I would think that here in the U.S. that um, if we had seen, who am I kidding? This is America. I doubt that he, a uh, politician would have gotten charged here. Needless to say, I think that uh, the... Uh, skin color, uh, in the United States, I feel like a black, uh, politician or 
notable figure would have suffered much more severe repercussions and penalties had they have been in the same situation here in the States. I cannot say that I would be surprised had the exact same thing happened here in the United States and it been a white person that didn't get charged. Like, unfortunately, racial inequality is a thing. It is historically and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Empirically factual. There's data. Like, it's not just about someone's personal lived experience. There are a multitude of studies and um, points and pieces of information that have proven such. That being the case, um, wait, let me follow my little outline here. Refuse to resign, rehab, because I have a feed-in that I can just jump into, but then I don't want to miss anything. Um, okay, so the next point that I have about this story is that he died March... 22nd. Oh, that's actually one of my besties birthdays. Sorry, girl. Hey, Alicia. <laughs> he died March 22nd of 2014, not from drugs, not from an overdose, but from a rare aggressive form of cancer. He was actually campaigning this. And yeah, he had passed during a campaign for his second term as mayor, but he withdrew because of his health. And instead he, um, ended up running and winning by a landslide his previously held city council seat. So he had been city councilor, excuse me, for about 10 years. And because of his health issues, he ended up resigning, well, withdrawing from the race for his second term at his mayoral position and instead won city councilor which I don't, I honestly, I guess that just shows how the people felt about him. None of my business. I don't live in Canada. Um, but he was campaigning. Okay. So during his mayoral term, he actually admitted to smoking crack cocaine, buying illegal drugs and driving after drinking alcohol. Multiple videos surfaced of him drunk and behaving erratically, spewing profanities and racial slurs of threatening violence. Um, in that video where he was um, smoking the cracks, he was pretty much, I really think that it was staged. Like they framed, not framed him, but they they set Shorty up uh, because they then, and by they, I mean, Elena, allegedly was the woman well no they said that he was I don't even know if I could say allegedly anymore because I didn't watch the video so I don't know if she is shown in the video however there were no claims of it allegedly being her they just said it was her uh but they note in the article that he is a little incoherent slurring a bit but he is asked about and that's why I say like they set him up because they basically asked him leading questions. Like they knew he was fucked up. And then they just asked him very um, heavily charged questions. Like they asked him about Trudeau. Apparently they called him the F word, which is a word that I don't say. Um, and he also was asked about, I think, a sports team that he was coaching or had some affiliation with or whatever. And was just like, they're just a bunch of minorities. So, um, yeah, that's they man's, that's they mayor. 
after his mayoral run and it's smoking. Um, oddly, I won't, and I don't really necessarily want to say oddly enough, cause it's not that people who do wrong or people with drug addictions or alcohol addictions should not be, um, still loved or celebrated in any kind of way. It's just surprising to me that someone that should be held to a higher standard, um, was still met with seemingly laudable praise. Like the public still seemed to really fuck with the kid. And to me, that is wild because this was not in the 90s or the 80s. This was in the midst of cancel culture. And for this dude to really be able to keep a strong grip on his constituents, constituent, constituents, constituents, constituent. You get where I'm going. The people that voted for him. Um, you know, and that, I don't even know if that applies to just the people that voted for him. It could be anyone that is under his jurisdiction of rule. I would assume that that's actually what it means. Um, because words mean things. Thank you for that loud, no longer gentle reminder in my head to Crystal. Um, let's see. So celebrated in death. They had a procession from city hall, a whole nine, like did his thing. And the video only became available in 2016 after a case against a former, a former employee for extortion, um, related to the case was closed. Apparently a friend of his, who was also his driver tried to get the video and he ended up being charged with extortion and that case was dropped and then the video ended up surfacing because it was I guess no longer part of an active uh case or whatever but I vaguely remember this happening I did not keep up with it because again it's Canada I couldn't see myself being um too interested in what all was going on I was probably taken aback at the time but um you know shit just you know that it was part of your awareness but it just doesn't stick i i definitely don't i can see this not sticking road trips give you the flexibility of taking the most control of your itinerary no airline delays or cancellations you can sit in your own germs and move at your own pace whether you're looking for family friendly or something romantic history and heritage, or a foodie's delight, I've got you covered. Choose your trip based on the vibe or the distance you feel like driving. This pack includes DC, Philly, Hartford, Burlington, and Montreal. All destinations are a few hours from New York City, so they're perfect for anyone along the East Coast to tap into. The download also includes a packing list, pre-trip car prep guide, and a playlist of travel and shit road trip content. These itineraries are perfect for travelers who enjoy having a plan with space for spontaneity. Head over to travelandshippodcast.com slash travel resources slash road trip to download your copy and take the stress of planning and packing off the table while you focus on the road. Um, so another fun fact, University of Toronto, which we actually did walk through the campus. We took a long as fuck walk. I'll also include 
the link to the episode that I recorded for our Toronto trip. One of the worst Airbnb experiences that I've ever had. So I will link in bio. It's not in the bio though. It's, you can just go to travelandshippodcast.com and go to this episode. It's going to be episode 217, I want to say, um, or just go to the show notes. But if you go to episode, if you go to the website, I'll include um, some more photos from the trip so that you can hopefully see some points of note from this episode in that um webpage on the website that makes sense you know what i mean challenge episode 217 for any photos that i will include in reference to this episode that's a lot more clear um so university of toronto it's actually a gorgeous urban campus we were walking through in the middle of the night we did not know we were going to be we were on our way to the strip club we did not know necessarily that we would be walking through the campus. We just we just knew it was going to be a long as fuck walk. And we were down for it because we're both walkers. Uh, however, we're walking through and it had like a strange feeling. For me personally, I am not confrontational. And as I'm walking through, I'm like, this really feels like it should be private property. I really don't know if we're supposed to be walking here, through here. There were some areas that were seemingly kind of sectioned off due to construction or some modifications, changes or something that they were making. It was also wildly quiet, dead, not your typical uh, college campus feel. There's no kids. I didn't see any, you know, other people walking around quiet. I'm trying to think when we went to Toronto, Toronto was within the last three months or so, so them kids was in school. I don't know why they weren't out and about and in the streets and by in the streets. I mean, just walking across their campus, right? But it was very quiet, very desolate. We probably didn't see a single person, maybe one person, two, if I didn't even notice them throughout that walk through the campus. Now the walk through the campus wasn't all 40 minutes, but we spent probably a good 10 minutes 15 minutes walking like through and across the campus. Uh, But on that campus, there is a tower called Soldier's Tower. And it was unveiled in 1924. And it is a memorial to the soldiers who fought, fought in world wars. Apparently, a caretaker allegedly fell to their death in the 1930s. And students have claimed to see someone fall from the tower. But of course, there's no one there when someone goes to investigate. And they've also claimed to have seen his silhouette in his room. Little urban legend. Um, I have no way to prove or disprove those claims, but I will say that it did feel kind of weird. I tend to be generally aware of how places, areas, and people make me feel. And I do specifically remember just feeling mm, about walking through. Beautiful, but it was nighttime. And I think that it being nighttime was 60% of it. Another 10% of it may have been that it seemed very private property to me. So I didn't really want to walk through. 
Um, and then another 10% bringing us to 80% may have just been because there weren't any other people. It was very desolate. Like if I'd seen other people walking through, it would have been like, all right, yeah, we cool. Like signs of life. Right. But it was very quiet. It was very dead. There was really nobody outside. And those factors kind of in my head may have played a factor in why I felt so uneasy, but it also could have just been because it was nighttime. Can't call it. Could have been. And then also, small percent of it could have been because I had good cause to be uncomfortable there. That's the point I'm getting at. Maybe there is some truth to the urban legends, but that's one of those things that you never really know, right? You don't know what the history of every walking street that you're on is. And I am a fan of paying attention to that little voice in the back of your head that's telling you something is off. Um, not to say that I got like a resounding run while being there, but listen to the, listen to the little message, listen to yourself, listen to the way you feel. Um, similarly, we ended up crossing, not similarly, but subsequently, subsequently, there we go. Subsequently. After crossing through the University of Toronto, we, I wouldn't say we emerged onto Young Street, but that was where the destination was. We were going to the Brass Rail, strip club in Toronto, heads up. I can't speak to all strip clubs, but if you're an American, unless you plan on spending wild bread, low key might be a waste of your time. They don't have singles. So uh, strip club culture is very different. So go enjoy the view. Um, however, just keep in mind that if you're used to American, like United States of America, because Canada is still part of North America, but if you're used to us strip clubs, there is a difference. So mental note that however, young street where brass rail was is the longest street in the road in the world. That was really fucking interesting to me. It comes in at 1,178 miles or um, a little bit over 1,800, well, almost 1,900 kilometers because it's 1,896 kilometers. So um, that was fucking interesting in the world, not just like in the country or on the continent or on like the Western hemisphere, longest street in the world. That was pretty interesting. And I've been there. I've been on the longest street in the world, right? So go figure. There's another fun thing about Googling shit after the fact. It's like, oh, okay. Now I can say, you know, I know her. I've been there. Pretty interesting to me. Uh, additionally, near where we were, another little fun fact is that there is an area, wild ritzy, it's well-known for high-end shopping area called uh, Youngtown was actually a cemetery. And it was more of like a potter's field where they buried people, I believe, that passed from waterborne illnesses. And the only reason why I bring this up is because, one, vast difference from cemetery to high-end shopping. But then, two, because... Bodies still pop up when they do construction. So um, glad we were near and not really there because 
I'm good with that juju. Y'all can keep that. I um, absolutely believe in ghosts. I'm curious as to if y'all believe in ghosts. Feel free to uh, slide in the DMs and let me know how y'all feel about ghosts. Uh, But I believe in ghosts. And it's one of those things where while you understand development and um, economic growth and cities expanding, it's kind of like you want it. You don't often think about the cost, right? You you think of the cost of purchases. You think of the cost of travel, accommodations, experiences, um, regular life bills, necessities, and stuff like that. But what is the cost of you being able to exercise all those options of choice? Like, what is the cost of the bigger picture, right? Those outer things that exist or cease to exist because of the way that you currently exist. So because we are here where we are, what was here before us is no longer here. And while we all need some place to be, right? Regardless of what's right, wrong, good, bad information, the point of the matter is people, we exist, we're here, and we need space to occupy. So it it follows that the older generation, if you will, is responsible for consistently making space for the next generation. But it's kind of like a matter of how does the present generation handle being the bridge to both? While on the one hand, you want to respect your past or the past of the space that you're now occupying, you still have to be very vividly aware of what the future is going to need. Now, not everybody builds for the future. A lot of people build for the present and don't necessarily consider what may be the best case for the future in certain ways, in terms of sustainability, in terms of having whatever is built or replaced be, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't necessarily say adaptable, but instead of making it not malleable either, um, flexible, right? You want to consider, and you want to, as if I'm a fucking engineer, I ain't no city planner. Um, but me, the podcaster, I believe that it would just make more sense if you would build things or develop things in a fashion that would allow for some type of adapting, right? Uh, I get in theory, it makes sense, but I also can consent to, you can't plan for everything. While you would want to prepare for things to go wrong, you can only prepare for things at the extent of your available information on hand. So you can't plan for the unforeseen. You can't plan for, a, you can't necessarily plan too much for the future at all anyway. So I get it. But at the same time, it's kind of, oof. when you think about what we've done to enjoy what we have now. Is there any guilt? I don't know. But whole ass cemetery. 
all them all them people lost lives i wonder what they do with the remains i wonder apparently some of them are still there and what was next that i have sports so two points interestingly enough we were actually at rogers field rogers field is where the blue jays play fyi that is their baseball team which i am going to assume yeah okay so it's major league baseball that's the because that's part of the second one the second point for sports um but rogers field is the first stadium in the world to have a retractable roof we weren't in but on our walk back from walking to the water we sat and watched birds actually it was a good fucking time Sounds wild and old people shit, but give it a shot. We just sat at the water, kicked it, talked, laughed at the birds. They put on a show. It was fun. Went and got beer, walked around some more. And part of the walk back is we walked around and cut across like through uh, Rogers Stadium, which was, excuse me, Rogers Center. Rogers Center is where we were. And, um, First stadium in the world with a retractable roof. How freaking cool is that? Because now you think of all the different stadiums that have those capacities and they was first. Uh, Additionally, Toronto is the only Canadian city that participates in seven sports leagues. So they've got Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, National Basketball Association, Canadian Football League, um, National Lacrosse League, Major League Soccer and American Hockey League. I am not of the sports. The sports aren't really my ministry. However, um, boyfriend loves baseball. I just recently got into baseball because of him. And by into it, I mean, I can actually watch the game. Team Mets over here. I actually also know maybe like four of the players I will say I'm a little disappointed that DeGrom is leaving because I know who he is now um I actually have a DeGrom jersey and that I actually have two uh but that's because they were like giveaways for one of the games that I went to I've been to a ton of Mets games oddly enough never knew what the fuck was going on I always showed up for the beers and the bros like I would just go with my friends or people from my job and just drink it was a great time but I went for a game, I'd say probably 2016, no, 20, yep, 20, okay, so it was 2017 or 2018, one of those years, ended up going to a game for my birthday, and we ended up getting, you know, they give shit out to the first couple thousand uh, people that come into the stadium, and the Grom jerseys were it. So, got one of those, uh, I actually know who he is now, let me see, uh, Vogelback. I think that's his name. And I think I'm a liar because now those, oh, who's the one they played the trumpet for? I know that guy, but don't know his name. So that's two and a half. Yeesh. All right, so I was wrong. I can't name four. But during the season, I was so much better. Promise, so much better. Um, oh, Marte, how could I fucking forget? My man, by the way, he's my boyfriend. He doesn't know, but Marte, fan, big fan. 
he fine as hell. So yeah, that um, is my short history of baseball. So for me, it was actually kind of cute to be near the stadium only because this was right in the middle of me actually knowing a little bit about baseball. And it was a fun little conversation for a boyfriend and I to have because he was then, of course, going over stats and shit. And I just enjoy watching people who are passionate about things be passionate about the things that they're passionate about. So it was really just cute to have him get in his little baseball bag and talk about it. And it was it's in an interesting situation, like spot. The stadium is also like right by the water. So it's a really cute area. Um, and there's tons of, it wasn't by, no, it's, I won't say quite far, but it's a distance from Yorktown since I mentioned it earlier, but, um, that's it. Those are a few interesting, weird, strange, uh, facts about a place that I've been Toronto. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to go with this, but, uh, feel free to leave some commentary. I would love to know how you felt about this episode. And if this is something that you guys would want to see more of in the future, because there are quite a few places that I can dive into for you guys. Um, this was actually really fun for me. So I would, um, I'd say expect to see another one of these. Let me know if you're into it. I hope you enjoyed. Um, Holler at the kid. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, y'all.